Hello, and welcome to Human Is My Label. This is your host, Emily Purry. I am a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sibling, and a former athlete. I work full time. I am the founder of Rapid, a nonprofit organization, and I'm legally blind. I am so excited about opening the conversation about everything equity. We will primarily be talking about disability, as that is my lived experience, and it is often the minority left out of the equity conversation. I am passionate about equity for all identities, as I have family members from the communities of color, LGBTQIA, disabilities, and we span all ages. It is my goal to normalize these conversations, get people comfortable with the uncomfortable, and include everyone. After all, we are all human. Okay. So thank you everybody for joining me today. I have an exciting guest, a new friend slash coworker slash amazing woman, Vicki Schwarferman. <laughs> Schwarferman. <laughs> and um, I'll let her introduce herself and tell us a little bit about your background. So thank you, Vicki, for being here today. Thank you, Emily, for having me. Um, close enough on the last name. So almost, I'm almost. Very proud that you attempted that. Um, so uh, my name is Vicki Schwarferman. I am a, how do I say this? I am a community activist. That's how I there think of myself. I love supporting and fighting for um, the rights of community members, specifically African-Americans. Um, I am Af an African-American woman, and um, I have found it crucial to my current success mm -hmm. to have people in my life who believed in me, who supported me, who lifted me up and thought that um, I was important, that I was worth being around and fighting for and, and uh, advocating for. And so I choose to spend most of my time doing the same thing for, for others. Um, yeah, so, so that's what I'm in the business of doing. And, <laughs> and, and that, what that looks like is really um, consulting services in a, in a bunch of different areas. Um, most of my time is spent um, working with community organizations that are focused on providing social services to families in regards okay. to food, in regards to leadership training. Um, most recently, I've started working with a great team of individuals on an organization called Circles Willamette oh, wow. Valley. Wow. So that's really focused around providing financial literacy and goal setting um, training for families who are experiencing poverty and want to move out of poverty or just want to move towards their personal um, and economic goals. Wow, that's um, intense. So, yeah, so that's wow. what I'm up to now. So let's, let's come back to that in a minute. Um, tell us about your, your background, kind of about yourself, um, your family, what, what, how you got to this point, um, you know, where you were prior to this, this rendition of your life right now. <laughs> yeah. So I am a native to Boston, Massachusetts. I'm an okay. East Coast girl, even though now, now in Oregon, um, I grew up, um, uh, with my, my mom, my dad, my two sisters and my brother. 
Um, so I'm the youngest of, of everyone. Oh, I'm the yes. tallest. So I we're, try to we're, we're both the babies. Like, yes, know. yes. But I'm the tallest. So I'm like, I still have some seniority in a way. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I come from a very um, spiritual and academic family. Um, everyone's working for higher education um, or they are uh, financial gurus or oh, wow. my dad, he's a pastor. So um, growing up in that that setting, there was always a priority to um, know who you are, work really hard and um, believe that you can accomplish everything that you want to accomplish with hard work. Um, so that was kind of my upbringing. I went to Northeastern University. That's where I met my sweetheart, my oh. sweetheart, uh, Tamu. So we met at Northeastern. He's originally from Portland, Oregon. So he grew up here, but oh, wow. randomly closed his eyes, picked a point on the map, and I'm the lucky girl who got to <laughs> meet him. And caught, literally, that's how he told me he picked, which is bizarre. But, but um, I got to meet him in college, and um, we, gosh, we started dating probably our second year. Oh, wow. Um, and it's Northeastern's a five-year school because they uh, have working um, options during a semester. So oh, we how were cool. actually working in professional spaces during that semester, that one semester. Um, and then we got married after that, had our two kids. We have a, um, a five-year-old, Simra, my daughter, and mm -hmm. a seven-year-old, Kenzo, my son. So they're amazing. We had them, and then we moved to Oregon. So now wow. we're yeah, so it's quite a journey. So my background has been in higher education. Um, I've worked for Harvard University um, okay. for, for about 15 years. Um, and I provide um, consulting, leadership consulting, um, and work with a great team um, to also support with technology and help um, our webinars to run. It's all virtual. Oh, wow. Um, in, the, in the area that I'm in. But my capacity at Harvard has looked different over the years. I've, I used to gotcha. be in person. I used to lead their executive education programs. Um, I used to travel around the world um, for some of the experiential programs. So, wow. Uh, yeah, it was, it's been a great journey and um, I've had some great, great mentors there that are still there. So very um, cool. They're very like cool. family. Yeah. So is your higher education background helping you at all with the uh, education of your children now that we're in the middle oh of COVID? Oh my gosh, <laughs> yes. I think that's, I think it was a, it's a combination of that and just my personality. So my mom has always been my mom and my dad, but my mom stands out to me right now. She's always been really hands-on with mm. our learning, all the kids. I, I remember her sitting me down, pulling out a scheduler, and she would help me to color code what's on my calendar. She wow. would go through my assignments. And I was so proud that I actually saved um, that first notebook she helped me organize. Um, no way. And I still look at it, and I'm very proud because it took – so much time and so detailed. So she is the queen of organization. She still wow. is. Anytime any of us have questions, we call her up and we're like, help us to organize. When she comes and visits our house, I'm like, consult, tell me what to change. So she's amazing. Can um, she come, come educate my children this year? <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh my gosh, which breaks my heart that she lives so far away oh. now. So we do, a, we spend a lot of time on video, but okay. um, she, yeah, both of them have just been instrumental in my growth as a mom. Yeah. And so if you lived in our household, you'd probably think like, whoa, Vicky is intense. <laughs> but yes, 
I am very like on top of their education. I'm very involved. And to kind of give you a picture, the kids haven't really had a true summer break. Like they, oh, they do wow. homework every day in the wow. summer. And, and, you know, just to try to get them to enjoy it and see learning yeah. as fun and see learning as like, actually, this is an everyday thing. This is not yeah. like nine to one, Monday through Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> this is every day. And learn now to enjoy it. And if we do it every day, it, we don't have to go as fast and, yeah. and do so much on each individual day. We can just take a little bit of time. So yeah. I, I am, I'm all about, um, year-round school because they the kids forget so much during the summer and oh my gosh yeah and then you have the meltdowns like yeah they switch to a school schedule they're like oh my gosh and everyone's like it's normal the transition i'd rather just slip right in there and say you know what we're already used to it um and i find that that's good too because the school system you can't find anywhere that's perfect no there are certain gaps in the school system they have to teach to the aggregate instead of each individual child. So I yeah. get the privilege of focusing on their strengths and their weaknesses and tailoring curriculum to that. And one of the biggest things I would say that's a plus of having them home this year is having um, African-American history class. Nice. Yeah, they, they wouldn't get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In a lot of places, so. No, absolutely, yeah. And you're able to control, you know, how they learn the history in general versus just the white history books that typical kids in our society learn. So that's exactly. awesome. Exactly, exactly. Awesome. Um, so what in this community, so you're doing, you have done your own consulting separate, um, your own teaching leadership trainings and teaching separate. And then what about your, I know, I know you were working as of January with another organization, but what's your background as far as any uh, jobs that you do as far as something that people recognize, development directors, those kind of things? Yeah, so um, I was a uh, program director at Oregon Health and Science University okay. um, for a period of time. So I worked um, on the Dornbecker Foundation team fundraising specifically for kids okay. and their families who needed critical health care support. Um, and that was amazing. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I just met such a great team, helped um, support the building of a guest house for families who oh, are traveling cool. from far away and need a place to stay while they're getting care. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, it, it was, that was my, um, one of my most, how do I say it, most uh, um, rewarding experiences. Um, very, that, that was, uh, to give you a picture, I did fundraising back in Boston, Massachusetts mm-hmm. um, for Northeastern University. But at OHSU, that was the first orientation to Oregon. So it was part of my oh. job to travel all over Oregon to meet with strong supporters of OHSU and new supporters. And so in one year, I got to see more of Oregon than a lot of Oregonians. I wow. Mean, that, yeah, that's cool where I like yeah. Well, people may be getting cabin fever right now. I'm like, this is great because I'm always used to traveling and yeah. being away from the family a little bit. So, um, so yes, yeah, so that was my kind of first fundraising gig locally. Okay. And then, um, and then I became the development director for Self Enhancement Inc. 
Awesome. So that's a, a, um, a nonprofit, a smaller nonprofit um, that's focused on providing wraparound services mm -hmm. and culturally specific services to youth and families. So, so in the areas of academics mm -hmm. and also in their personal um, uh, journeys. So what that looks like is in school, after school, summer program for the mm -hmm. youth. Um, and we have, they have, would have students on a caseload where they monitor progress and make yeah. sure that collectively the students that are in the program are graduating at a 98% success rate. That's awesome. Um, it was extraordinary. And then the families, we would provide support to the families because oftentimes kids having issues in school is a direct correlation to what's happening at home. Exactly. So we, yeah. We found we couldn't service one without the other. So we would have parenting classes. We'd have um, career readiness classes. We would have um, um, utility rental assistance, anything that posed as a barrier to yeah. family success, we would eliminate. So oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it was extraordinary. It was, it was one of, I would say also my most, one of my most amazing, <laughs> I've had some really amazing experiences if you haven't noticed. Yeah. But um, I just have been the benefactor of really great people here. So uh, at, we call it SEI for short. SEI is probably one of the most important organizations here in Oregon. Yeah. Absolutely. It focuses on marginalized groups, specifically African-Americans. And with the yeah. history here in Oregon, uh, we haven't had that advocacy so um, as strongly as we should. So yeah. um, it's been 40 years since they've been wow. alive. And I was grateful to be there for a period of time, about two, two over two years. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's what's interesting about your story is that you go from like both ends of the spectrum as far as you help leaders and consult with leaders. And then on the other end with OHSU and the SEI, you're looking at the kiddos that are affected by the leaders and, the, and there's those gaps in generations. But it's really cool to think of your experience of like, hey, hey, older people, we need to be getting ready for these guys who are down here. And so I love that, that dynamic. That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's so cool. I, um, it's interesting as you grow, as, you, as you're younger experiencing these things, you kind of take some of these experiences for granted. And oh, then, yeah. As I'm getting older now, I'm realizing <laughs> all these parts of the puzzle that I thought was random are all working together to help me kind of be a better person in general. So yeah, um, I'm trying to, you know, I see myself as I need to be where I can make the most impact. And, yeah. you know, my, my coaching to students and others coming behind me or even who have come before me but are still finding their way mm -hmm. is that you know embracing the fact that at different seasons in life you need different things absolutely and, and yeah not, life is not about being stagnant so i love you know leaning into that and growing and listening to um the voices of the season and yeah. where I should be and where I can make the most impact and how I can bring my best self. Well, and the cool thing, like you said, it's like, so my story is very similar. I, if I look back to 11 years ago when I had this vision of rapid, that was 11 years ago. And then I deviated. I met my husband, I had kids and I had all these things that deviated me, but then I worked at the County for five years. Um, and I look at the steps in between the vision and today, and all of those steps still feed the vision. 
even though in the moment I was like, oh, I'm just getting distracted. Oh, I'm just this. I just don't have the drive to do it or, oh, I this, that, this and that. But it prepared me each step to still be able to offer something to rapid that I may have not been able to offer rapid prior to that. So it's just really interesting that you say that. But in the moment, we feel like we're failing or we're not on track or, you know, like that perspective that you have. It's really interesting. Yeah. Amos, you need, I mean, you are bringing something extremely unique that others won't bring. So exactly, if yeah. kind of on this linear track, it would be more predictable. And, yeah, no kidding. You know, no so. kidding. Okay. I have two que- one more question about the, the SEI. Um, I know you're still really well connected. How have you, how is uh, the community, especially the African-American black community, in Oregon uh, wrapping around the COVID-19 and how, you know, disproportionately affected people of color and and black people here, especially in Oregon, are affected by COVID-19. How are they doing over there at SEI really navigating that for their students and their families? I mean, they're the closest you can get to that need in that community that's most affected. Yeah, you know, I would say, um, while I haven't Uh, kept up to speed intimately with all the changes and how agile they are, everyone is having to be during this time. Um, I have seen a tremendous impact that SEI has still been able to have in the community from moving to a virtual setting with reading uh, to kids, um, you know, checking in uh, with them and staff to make sure that, you know, there is door-to-door deliveries or there is a surveying of what do you need, family? Let me check in on you. Um, There's also a lot of support when it comes to mental health. Good, Um, good. uh, That's hugely important, especially in the African-American community. Yeah. Uh, for a long time, it has been stigmatized that that's a negative thing to need mm-hmm. mental support. Where it was like, if you know, I, I think it's really, really important for any anyone, especially those who have been persecuted um, mm-hmm. severely in this country and in the world because of the color of our skin. Like we need the mental support, okay, Absolutely. to make it and and continue to be persistent and resilient. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I've seen SEI make an impact in that space. If you know, I, I, I always feel like I could easily start fundraising for SEI again. I mean, if you look <laughs> on their, if you look on their website, They've got a resource page of all the culturally specific resources that families can go to, um, in addition to not even just African-American families Mm -hmm. or or, or brown families, but anyone can really take advantage of and seek out. And I would say the last thing that I noticed they have done on a large scale is they've made COVID testing widely available at the center. So their center in North Portland, Uh you can actually go, I'm not sure if it's still up, but at the time... Um, I saw that you can actually go get your COVID test free very quickly, get results back. Um, and um, yeah, so oh, this, this amazing. Amazing. some of my family has gone there. There's an amazing resource. I love uh, Tony Hobson, the, the CEO and mm-hmm. his wife. I mean, they're just, they're great people. So 
Awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear that they're they're making those transitions. I know um, previously I was working with Free Geek um, prior to the pandemic. Actually, I I talked to their staff the day that was the last in-person day I did was talking to Free Geek staff, and I know they were working hard right after that to make work with SEI and and organizations such as SEI trying to get you know digital computers and everything out to all these students that and families that need access in order to keep keep going and yeah. so um i know everybody was working hard so that's awesome um okay so circles you mentioned a little bit about circles um willamette valley and so they are the best way to describe circles willamette valley is a chapter or a franchise if it was the for-profit world of a national organization correct yes exactly yeah. so we're we're one chapter of 70 okay um, that span the u.s and canada awesome um, and we have started the first chapter here in oregon Ooh. with the focus on um helping our uh community in east multnomah county Okay. Um, that's our kind of our priority or target area because it has such a high poverty weight rate yeah. of about 18%. But um, having said that, you know, we're not turning away families that are, of course, not in that area. We're providing um, support to families who are really in need of it. And so a lot of our families come from all over um, okay. uh, the state. So you are, so the, the model is such that is, is it, it's a cohort model, correct? Yes. Okay. And then are you currently in a cohort? Do you, are you looking for families still? What's the current situation? And, and if not in one, when would one, one start if people were interested? Yes, we are launching um, our first uh, cohort okay. um, officially on October 19th at oh. 5.30. So that's a Monday. That's Wednesday. Jameson's birthday. Oh, there you go. Happy <laughs> birthday. Man. This is a birthday present to him because exactly. he's, he's, he's crucial in helping us get here. So, <laughs> um, yes, we are. I made a note of that. I have to send you guys some <laughs> birthday uh, wine or something. Um but uh, yes, we're launching our the start of our training sessions. It's a t it's a eighteen month program. Okay. Twelve weeks of it is where families will be led through a financial literacy program training with a facilitator. Perfect. Um, my husband, who's amazing. Oh yay! MBA, to move. Provides a uh, financial um, support for OHSU. So full circle there. there um, but he is leading that um, training, um, and we have orientation where we get to meet um, parent uh, individuals, parents who have signed up and who want to take this program. So we have orientation on September 24th, that's a Thursday at 5.30. Okay. Um, it's for an hour. And so far we have about 35 individuals who have signed up for the, ori for the program. So wow. we want to make sure that we can meet all of them as much as possible on, the, on September 24th. We can walk through what you can expect from the program, what outcomes and objectives we will definitely want to accomplish with yeah. every participant in the program, but then it officially starts in October. Perfect. And then are you all virtual right now? Are you in person? What's the right now plan and what's the future plan? We are all virtual right now. Okay. I want to be as safe as possible. So we are setting up... Um, uh, virtual educational trainings right now with the hope of meeting in person maybe next year or maybe even at the end of 
um, the year 2021. Um, But I want to keep everyone safe. And so for for anyone looking to sign up, if they're interested, you can go directly to our website, um, Mm -hmm. circleswv.org. And you can send us a message and say that you want to sign up. Um, Right now we're at capacity. So we won't be, anyone who has signed up after um, September 1st is going to be on a waiting list. Okay. Um, But knowing that, you know, life may happen. So we may have openings that that come up, but we're excited for this first group. And if somebody is interested and doesn't have the technology to participate virtually, is there going to be opportunity for that to, for circles to help out with that? Absolutely. So okay. right now, um, a lot of my time is taken up trying to gather um, phil- philanthropic support. Okay. So we have um, several donors that have come on board to make this possible. Um, and they'll be also listed on our website. Um, but yes, we are providing computers to those who need it. Okay, um, perfect. And so, uh, yeah, we're really excited. Any, also, if anyone's having like internet issues, um, we are connecting with community members, community organizations to help us um, make sure that's not a barrier to people successfully going through the program. Awesome. And then um, what would be the, is there any eligibility criteria? Is there anything that would stop families other than the waiting list to be able to join? And can it be for single folks? Do they have to have kids? Do they have to, is there anything that holds them back? Yeah, it can be for anyone, anyone okay. looking um, to really take uh, their their economic goals to the next level, financial goals to the next level, um, that you do not have to be a parent. We actually have um, different people on the list, women, men, a students, a couple of students uh, from PSU. Um, we have parents, we have, you know, single people who are signed up. So it's really diverse. Um, There is no set criteria that would, you know, not qualify you for the program. Um, And yeah, and we're just here to make sure that we're, we're making an impact and we can be a hub of information for everyone, especially during this time with COVID and it disproportionately hitting minority or uh, minority people in the area Mm -hmm. of finances and um, mental health, physical mm-hmm. health, and all of that. We want to make Absolutely. sure that we're providing support. Well, that's awesome. You know, this podcast is for all, all realms of equity, but it's so, the reason initially I made it equity versus disability, which is my focus, um, it all intersects so much. And I love how you're talking about, you know, people of color or the black African-American community need mental health and that's not a bad thing that it's life it's it doesn't matter what color or your your skin is this mental health and disability affects all of us and so it's it's just very very uh good to hear that intersection and and to know that it exists instead yeah. of not identifying it, not p- pulling it out often. So yes, there's a huge, huge intersection, Emily. And you know, you made me, you made me uh, uh, realize that I would be remiss if I also didn't mention of our amazing partnership with Rapid. <laughs> um, you know, we we are not our own 501c3. We are under Rapid's 501c3 yes. because there's so much overlap. Absolutely, um, we find Absolutely. there's so many situations that. Uh, um, 
makes it so that a person finds themselves in a financial place that they do not want to be in. Mm-hmm. Not uh, Part of our programming and training is to dispel some biases and myths people have about what has caused someone to be in poverty or what has kept them in poverty or what has happened in their life to really disadvantage them. There's a lot of biases, negative biases about that. And so our training is to dispel that. And a lot of individuals that may come um, to need our support may be dealing with disability, um, may be dealing with um, past disabilities or current disabilities that... Mm -hmm that can be can be seen by some people as a barrier even though it shouldn't be and it's not so we're really focused on knocking down those walls and creating pathways clear pathways people can navigate um despite the 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 things that they're persevering from or with so well and as somebody who's been you know in poverty and in at parts of my life it's so hopeless sometimes you just don't feel like you're ever going to get out you were born there you were you know you're there and now there's just no digging out of that hole and so giving people that hope and that's similar to rapid you know yes you may experience a disability but that doesn't mean your life is over that doesn't mean this is the horrible situation that it may feel like in the moment but we can get past that and so rebuilding that self-perception of poverty that self-perception of disability that it's really really important and so i love that so well good well anything before we wrap up any final words any anything you want to throw out there yeah i mean um i i gotta i gotta do my my pitch i feel like this whole thing has been slightly a pitch as well (laughs) but you know i would just encourage anyone who who is listening and who wants um support um with with finances with their life Mm -hmm. um i would say just reach out to us like check out our website circleswv.org um, you know give me a a my emails listed on the website so just you know you send me an email, check us out. Um, we're here to help. And I would love to have the opportunity of connecting with you. If you're, if you're not even needing to actually go through the program, we also have an opportunity for volunteers. Absolutely. So yeah. We would love to have volunteers come and provide us with additional resources to send families to if they need support or, or to actually mentor and coach one of our participants. Yes. That's, that's a huge part of the program, the 18 mm-hmm. months. It's, it's coaching as well. So we have mentors and mentees. We'd love to pair you with someone great and build and strengthen our community. Awesome. So if you're looking to join the program, looking to volunteer for the program, or of course, looking to donate to the program, all those things can be done on circleswv.org. Vicki, it was awesome to get you on here. Thank you so much for bringing your experience and everything you have to offer. I have only known Vicki like three months or something, but it seems like I've known her forever. So it's been great. Um, but so thank you again, Vicki. Thank you, Emily. And we will uh, chat soon. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. And check out the Facebook page, uh, Human is My Label, as well as uh, the circleswv.org to find out more information about circles. Take care, everybody, and have a great day. Thank you so much for joining me here today at Human is My Label. Don't forget to subscribe, share this with your friends, families, and coworkers. 
get out there, get comfortable with the uncomfortable, include everyone, and push yourself to be better every day. If you're interested in coaching or corporate training or learning more about RAPID, visit us at rapidorgan.org. That's R-A-P-I-D-O-R-E-G-O-N.org. You can find me at emily.curry on Instagram and all my other social handles are below. Have a great day and can't wait to see you next week.